Looking for Pereira. And now, Akadeli, Mauricio Pereira collects, shot, scores. Orlando has opened the scoring tonight. And you can see it coming too much space over the duck. Mauricio Pereira is able to score. The 31 year old Orlando is on the score sheet. So Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Orlando Soccer Show for the week of May 18th, where, get this, both Orlando City and the Orlando Pride got results this past weekend on the same day. We're a happy bunch here, and we're going to talk about it for the next hour and who knows however long after that. I am Austin David here with everybody, so fire no one today, because everyone's here. Gavin Eubank, Brad Newton and Kyle Foley. Hello there. Hello there. Indeed. Hello indeed. It's an exciting time for Orlando soccer where everybody's winning. Uh, Orlando City won. Orlando Pride got a draw, which kind of feels like a win in a way uh, just because of the last couple years. Uh, The OC Academy 23s, well, they didn't win because they didn't play this past weekend, and we'll get into that. Uh, the Central Florida Soccer Club Panthers won 6 nothing, and Will Johnson did something that nobody expected. Kyle Laren, former Orlando City player, did something. But we'll get all into that as the show goes on. Let's start with Orlando City. We're going to get right into it with the win. Oh, my God! Wow! They did, in fact, win against D.C. United 1-0. Mauricio Pereira scored the opener in the seventh minute, and Orlando City managed to hang on to a 1-0 result. It was one of those grinded-out kind of games where, uh, despite D.C. playing a midweek game, did not look it throughout the entire 90 minutes. They pressed, they pushed, they were very physical. Uh, I believe 35 fouls between the two teams in the match, which... It kind of speaks to a very just physical affair between the two. But Orlando City, you know, when you win those kind of games, it really speaks to the character of your team. It speaks to just being able to win in different ways and different circumstances. And it's something you can kind of build off of, you know, getting a, a one nothing result away from home. Um, despite being out-possessed, despite being out-shot, uh, despite being kind of dominated statistically, Orlando didn't necessarily look like they were in danger of conceding. That's the best way to describe it. Like, DC looked threatening, but not in the final third. Like, because again, 13 shots for DC United that they had in the game, but only one was actually on goal. So when I say, like, they were threatening, but it was like an empty threat, that's kind of the way I would describe it. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of moments early in the game, though, where it kind of felt like they were getting it into good scoring chances in Orlando's half, whereas, like, New York City last week was getting those chances, but they were they were earning them, as opposed to D.C. Mm. was just kind of... It felt like Orlando was a little less organized back there. I mean, they weren't bad, obviously. You know, they played well, Um but it, at least in the first half, it felt like DC was finding those opportunities a little bit easier. There was a little bit more space in between the center backs. They were making good runs. 
And it, they, I mean, they were getting off shots. Obviously, their only shot on goal came in the 23rd minute, which, you know, Glissier made a good save on. But, I mean, other than that, I mean, yeah, they, there was a lot of bending last night. They just didn't break. So that, that's good. Right. And that's that's big. Like you said, in the first half, there were a, a lot of opportunities for D.C. Um, just because they were pressing so many numbers forward. And as soon as the ball touched a player's foot, one, two guys were right on top of them trying to, to basically punish them. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was just really physical. As soon as someone got the ball, like D.C. was fouling them. It seemed like there were I think there was like 10 or 12 fouls by D.C. in the first half alone. Yeah. Which. You know, they kind of calmed down in the second half, partly because of the substitutions that DC made and that Orlando made in contrast to that. Anyone want to guess what the XG was for DC United? Ooh. Um, point. Hmm. No. 1.9. Point 0.7. Oh, God damn. Austin, how do you get this like every time? Point 0.72. <laughs> <laughs> I, I bet he it's, it's, it. it's I call shenanigans. It's a, no, it's, no, no, it's no. insane. Like how close he gets this every time. Austin, what do you think the XG for Orlando City was? Uh, 0.38. Get the fuck out of here. 0. 0.36. <laughs> yeah, this man looked at these. Yeah. No, I swear I like, did not. Throw I did not. I watched the game. That's just it. So they don't know. Okay, here's here's another one. <laughs> What was the XG for Chelsea against Arsenal? <laughs> oh God! Oh God! It's take them a I didn't. I, I stopped watching one. that game, so I wouldn't even know. One point eight five. What do you think Arsenal's was? <laughs> oh God! Like three point one two. No, point five nine. So maybe he, maybe he doesn't actually. I didn't have, watch the game. Yeah, I told you. I turned his, it off. His superpowers don't. Like work outside of or like, City only games. if I watch the game and actually pay attention enough to it that I could actually like I think figure it out. I think it's Austin, also if I dropped like a bunch of like pennies on the floor and asked you to count <laughs> really fast, would you be able to do that? No, absolutely Austin not. Crushes those. Guess how many marbles are in this jar game? Maybe maybe, maybe not having. I wish I could. Maybe not having Austin counting pennies though. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking like maybe yeah, don't if you do that one. Pennies, I, if I dropped yeah, if I dropped yeah. a bunch of Legos on the floor. No, Kyle would be able to do that. Dude, easily. It's not even a challenge. I do love my Legos, to be fair. Anyways, we're we're getting we're getting off topic here. Orlando City, uh, like you said, God, uh, I have no idea point, how you do that three. every time. It's magic. What? You just guess it you, every time. You you get oh, the yeah. XG like if not right on the nose, like just about. All right, so I, I I have a very controversial and hot take from from this game. Go for it. Orlando City are good. It's a pretty hot take right there. It's a pretty big 180 based on what you did last week. Well, not really, because I talked about the things that I was still looking to see and the things that that were still, I don't know if question marks is the right word, but the things that, that just weren't definitive enough. And I, when you see a game where it looked ugly, like it did not, you don't come away watching a game like that and go, that just, that was a really great game to watch. That was really enjoyable. Everything was fluid. Everything was great. That was, that was ugly. But to come away from an ugly game with a win on the road, that, that is what good teams do. Good teams come out of games like that, where again, had that ended in a draw, we probably would have gone, uh, not what we wanted, disappointed, but not the end of the world. But coming away with a win, 
Very, very impressive. That is what the team needs to do if they want to compete for the MLS Cup. Depending on who you if ask, you want to that's be... not a good way to win games, though. Well, the best way to win, yeah. the best way to win is to score more points than the other team. And if you don't do that, then you can't win. And so it is automatically the worst way to win. I mean, wins are wins. You know, as long as you have more goals at the end of the game, that's all that matters. <laughs> I mean, there's no bonus points for winning pretty. I think. Th- I was going to say, I mean, there there is certainly, you know, credit to be earned from this because when you think about to go on the road like that against a, I mean, DC is not one of the better teams, but it's still not an easy thing to do. You think about like the playoffs and, and tough games like that. That's where you're, you might have to bump, be able to bunker down and grind out a result like that. So yeah, like absolutely, you know, it's not the prettiest soccer. I was very impressed with DC though, to be fair. Yeah. Because again, they played a midweek game. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, like they could have, they could have won this game. I mean, it, it, yeah, certainly, you know, credit to them. It, I think they came out looking a little bit sharper than Orlando did. Like surprisingly, like you said, those that midweek game. Well, and, it wasn't surprising. I mean, Orlando did travel the day of, so like that might have. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, into it, which you know, I saw that picture and I was like, are they really traveling six, seven hours before this game? Like that's not going to be good. But at the same time, like. Yeah, Orlando still has the leg advantage, and, you know, credit to them. Right. Well, that's the COVID protocol still in effect because you have have the travel of the day of the game, which, again, all things considered, when you have those factors added together, it's even more impressive. To quote the poet Dominic Toretto, it doesn't – ask any racer. Ask any real racer. It doesn't matter if you win by an inch or by a mile, a win is a win. Good teams find ways to win. I agree, Kyle. Orlando City is a good team because they find ways to win. It doesn't matter what the scoreline is. If they get a result, they are going to hold on to it. They are unbeaten. And you know what? I don't I don't know if they ever will be beaten. Let's just let's just put it like that. New Invincibles. I don't I don't I don't know about new, that. New but... Invincibles, Orlando City. I will say that when Oscar Pereja was hired, he he said something that kind of just continues to resonate, especially this season. He was in the Orlando City front office and that they posted a video of him talking to the front office. He's like, I'm very much looking forward to many one nil victories. Yeah. Do you say good evening before he said that? <laughs> who was the who who kept saying that? It's uh Unai Emery. Yeah, Unai Emery, good evening. <laughs> but yeah, Oscar actually talked about um, last night. He talked about the the, the travel, and you know he said uh, he was very proud of the boys for being able to to play the way they did, considering they flew in that day. Uh, he also talked about the substitution he made in the second half, which I want to get into here. Uh, Robin Janssen made his first appearance of the season by coming in just after the second half had started. Now, they could have made this substitution right at halftime, so they could have three stages of substitutions still available. But instead, they didn't, which was which was interesting, but he explained it this way. So, he was playing a little bit of mind games with Hernan Lozada, who was DC United's head coach. As soon as Julian Gressel was subbed into the game in the 46th minute. That is when Oscar Breja 
made his change by taking off Benji Michel and putting on Robin Janssen. And he, he talked about it in regards to Zhao Moutinho. Because Zhao hasn't played a full 90 minutes since coming back from injury. You know, he played 10 minutes in his first game back. He played 45 in the next game because of Huan's injury. And then he went a full 90 just last night or on Sunday night. And there was going to be a lot of pressure because it seemed like DC was wanting to attack him because he's not 90 minutes fit yet. So it makes sense to try and go against the player that that isn't 100% fit, especially late in the game. So you bring in a guy like Robin Janssen, you go to a three-back, which then turns into a five-back in a way when you have Kyle Smith and Zhao on the wings, and it gives you a lot more defensive cover. Uh, Plus, it allows Zhao to kind of move up more offensively and be able to help out uh, in the attack. So throughout that second half, it was it was a bit more of a defensive mindset. Now, Hernan Losada was upset with that. He was very hashtag mad online in the way that Orlando won. He said that, and I quote, it's a legitimate way that Orlando played to decide to use the tactics to win the game. It's football. I don't have any problem with that. But I wouldn't like to win a game like this, to be honest. I, I'd like if you to see a win of DC United this season, whenever it is, with me as the coach, winning this way, I wouldn't like it. No, but but he would because he lost the game and he would have preferred to have won the game. doesn't matter how. It doesn't matter if you win the game because the goalkeeper puts the ball on the line for a goal kick and a gust of wind blows it into the net and they somehow count it. Like, like it doesn't matter how you win. And anyone who says they don't care how they win is absolutely full of shit. They're just yep. mad that they lost in a yep. game that they felt like they should have won. And maybe they should have won, but that proves because good teams win. And if you don't win, you are not a good team. They brought on Greasel first. Like, what? What? what is... They, so if you make... If one team makes an offensive substitution and the other team doesn't counter that with a more defensive substitution what are we even talking about here like you kind of you they, they he's just a bull he's bullshitting like, that's really realistically all it is what are you just mad that they kind of canceled out what you did there yeah like, is that's that- exactly yes, what yes. it is <laughs> he he's very mad that what he wanted to do did not work orlando found a way to counter it and come away with the win and so see i think what orlando should have done to be fair to dc united was allow them a completely open shot on goal in a chance to make the game even because that would be the the correct way to play this the sportsman good sportsmanship sportsmanly whatever that would be the the correct way to play but because Orlando went and wanted to get three points out of the game instead of sharing the points uh, that was yeah that clearly was where the mistake lies it's too selfish I can only imagine oh, brother this guy stinks I can only imagine like Ernan Losada was probably going to Oscar Perea and just being like, "How dare you? How dare you actually make a substitution to cancel out mine?" In fact, he actually went on and said to um he said, "In a game you dominate the whole game, a way where when your opponent doesn't know what else to do to neutralize the game to make time to park the bus, it's like they didn't want to play after they scored the goal." And that's a lot for a team with the quality of Orlando. All their stars, uh, I didn't see them on the field. And that's thanks to the effort and the game and the team and the way they worked and played today. I'm very impressed. Every weekend we are improving. If there is a team that played to win, it was DC United. Seems to me that if 
teams were if like a team was like good and they were able to pull that off like wouldn't every team just score and then immediately park the bus like if that actually if like you're playing an away time, game like do you know how many teams do that in away matches where they score and park the bus yeah i mean it depends on who you're playing i mean like like what is it the 2016 olympics where you know sweden did that to the u.s and then hope solo went and you know did her old rant that kind of got her kicked off the team and it was like well what else do you expect like that's you got to do what you got to do to get the result now i'm not saying that orlando in this case is sweden to the usa's or you know to, to dc united like but that's just what the situation called for and clearly in this case oscar saw what he what he saw was the best way to kind of get a result for Orlando City, and it worked. And it's not if Losada, you know, has seen enough of Orlando City, he would know that this is not the Orlando City way. We don't see Orlando play like this generally. I mean, very rarely have we seen a you know kind of like a bunker down like this sort of scenario. But like it, you know, like I said, you got to do what you got to do to get the result, and that's just what this. Well, here's the thing, be. right? Orlando City in their last game against NYCFC conceded a goal late and drop points at home like what are they so they're not going to take the situation that they had in the previous game and not hold on to a lead the whole game well, when they have it and, and so gavin you made the you made the point too that it's not really like the orlando city it's not kind of the thing we expect and or whatever the way orlando city normally plays orlando city outside of the last nine months also doesn't win games that's it's not been a normal thing so it's one of those like, yeah, it's not what was expected, but also we will absolutely take it because this is a good thing. Yeah, I mean, Austin, like Austin, what's the one word that you think Oscar Perez probably said more than anything over the last year and a half? Protagonist. Exactly. And that's very anti-protagonist what that's, we saw last there's night. No way, so. There's no way that's the word he said the most. Pretty sure it's fuck. Well, pretty sure he said <laughs> that word the most. But I mean, as far as how, or how he wants Orlando City to play, it's definitely not... Orlando City. I mean, so to complain about it, you know, it, I don't know. It, it's like he's he's acting as if you know this is what Orlando City does, and I know he's upset. You know, he's he's going out there and he's just saying, "Don't put in the paper that I'm mad. I'm not mad. I'm not mad. That you know, I'm not mad. I just I wouldn't want it to be me. You know, I like losing, losing with dignity." Do you guys remember what he said the other day when he found out Orlando City didn't have to play a uh, midweek game? Yeah, he's quickly becoming a good soundbite, though. So it's been he is he is very much turning into a good soundbite. So that that at least is kind of fun. But like he, he I I'm trying to remember exactly what he said, but he said something along the lines of, um, "Let's check Orlando go- and see who they yeah. play." Fuck, Orlando is not playing, so Orlando is going to be very fresh for a game on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, die mad. That's all I can say. Listen, I just wish I had video of all of this. I just, I I love the the thing too with that is, you know, Orlando doesn't play in midweek. So therefore we are at the disadvantage because Orlando, you know, we're going to be more tired. And so we're not going to be able to play with as much energy as Orlando is going to be able to play. And then that turns out that was the exact opposite because DC looked very good and still didn't matter because they lost. And I mean, I get where he's coming from on that point. Because, you know, yeah, like it is kind of screwy that Orlando doesn't play a single midweek game through their first like seven weeks and that DC just played one and had to play again like three. Sure, three but that's later. like that's like an NFL team complain, complaining that they're playing a team off their bye week. 
Right, and it's also not Orlando's fault. It's not like Orlando chose. Right. Like, yeah, make sure don't play yeah, us. Be mad at MLS if anything. DC. Like, come on. Right. Oh, if you if you if you want to be good, you win games. And DC yeah. did not win the game. Ergo, DC bad. Yeah. I mean, there's no better way to put it like that. Exactly. Why he he is exactly he is doing it in front of God and everyone. I mean, things in D.C., generally speaking, are usually bad. So, yeah, Well, there you go. It's not counting the 2019 Nationals, obviously, and the 2018 White Caps. Of course. Now, um, I want to go back and talk about some of the other stuff within and the game. And this year's Wizards. <laughs> and the Capitals, too. They're pretty good. <laughs> All right. Some things in D.C. are bad. A lot of the football team. The football team won the <laughs> NFC East this year too. Yeah, yeah but so, do you really count that? I'm, like I'm that, going that down in flames just, at the moment. That was bad. Yeah, <laughs> um, I was trying to bail him out. Yeah, <laughs> I mean. Anyways, uh, I want to go back and talk about Mauricio Pereira's goal and the significance behind it, because it was his first goal of the season. And after he scored, he he raised up his his shirt uh, to reveal a picture of uh one of his his friends and it was it was a really poignant moment for uh Mauricio because it was a picture of Santiago Garcia and for those who have not heard of that name uh he made headlines back in February because um he was a Uruguayan soccer player who was playing in Argentina uh he's 30 years old you know considered pretty decent you know he had just had his 100th appearance for Godoy Cruz, the club he was playing with. And then on February 6th, he was found in his apartment dead. Uh, and the cause of death was ruled by uh, suicide. And it was really poignant for Mauricio because both him and Santiago grew up together playing for Nacional in Uruguay. Uh, for the youth team as well as the senior team. They were both called up around the same time from 08 and 09 to 2011, and then they went their separate ways but still remained uh, close friends. You know, you grow up playing uh, with somebody who, when you were 10, 11 years old, and you go through the entire system, you get called up to the professional levels together. Like, that is obviously very, you know, a bonding experience. And so um, he, he, you could see the emotion on Mauricio's face when he was he scored it was just like kind of i finally get to honor my friend and um you know he pulled up his his shirt and showed the picture gave it a a nice you know kiss pointed to the sky and um he said uh, i was really waiting for this moment because i recently lost a close friend in february he was a soccer player we both grew up together since we were playing 10 11 years old and then we played at nacional we were champions there i have a lot of memories with him and uh, the honor scoring it was for him I was really excited waiting for this moment and now we have a, a, a little bit lightly because uh, it was a very heavy moment for me in the time. So, uh, very very nice moment for, for Mauricio. Yeah, I mean, he did it on a great goal too. You know, a, a great run. And it was the, the game winning goal too. Defenders. So. Kyle Smith, yeah, Kyle Smith with, a, with an amazing pass, you know, just as wonderful as his run to mm-hmm. kind of make it all happen and then you have this little kind of, you know, back and forth connection with Tesha there to, to set up the shot. I mean, very good goal and I mean, I'm glad that he, you know, it was asked about post game because I, you know, was obviously like everyone else watching that and kind mm-hmm. of questioning uh, the backstory to it. So, you know, it's 
it's nice to see things like that. You know, um, who was it? Uh, I want to say maybe last year was it um, one of the union players who who like scored like a, a brace or something like a day after his father or mother died or something, mm-hmm. uh, something like that. Where it was just like one of those moments where you know, like only in sports, you know, something kind of like that is just obviously not situations that you want to see people in but you know when things like this can happen it is kind of you know warms your heart a little bit yeah exactly and it, and again garcia was a striker he scored goals for a living uh he scored 100 career goals so a uh, nice kind of way to honor him by scoring your own but yeah a very special moment for mauricio to to be able to honor his friend by scoring a game-winning goal um now as we go from that kind of down subject i want to talk about defense uh because they were absolutely excellent again uh antonio carlos was actually honored uh on team of the week uh he made the first appearance for an orlando city player in the starting 11 of the team of the week for mls uh nani has actually made team of the week bench a number of times but never the starting 11 so uh, nice to see antonio carlos getting uh some well-deserved accolades three interceptions 13 clearances Two block shots mm-hmm. for Antonio Carlos. Kyle Smith, seven tackles in the game. That was a yeah. twelve game of eighteen high, duels won. Yeah. Plus he had the he um, he had the uh it wasn't considered it wasn't considered an assist for uh yeah, Kyle Smith though. Secondary, I guess. Um it wasn't even. Jean Matinho, four interceptions, two clearances, uh Sebastian Mendez, seven interceptions. I mean, like the, these guys, it, whether or not you think they should have been in that defensive position all game. They certainly brought it and they, you know, they, they deserve the recognition for that. Very, very good all around. Uh, Rodrigo Schlegel, seven clearances. I mean, he was also good again. Um, all around. Yeah. I mean, all these guys were, were, uh, pretty above average on the night. Right. And again, you know, getting Roman Janssen back into the, uh, swing of things a little bit, you got him 45 minutes after not playing the last couple of weeks. Um, it, it can only benefit you. Rodrigo Schlegel has, I, I feel like, locked down that starting center back position for now, though. Yeah, I, I don't think... Say, th- like, how do you go about that? Because I I think Robin's still the better player, but, I mean, you can't... It's hard to justify taking Schlegel out of that starting role because you, I don't think anyone can argue, like you said, he hasn't... That he hasn't earned it, you know? like mm-hmm. So a good problem for, for Oscar to have over here over the next couple of weeks as Jansen kind of comes back into his game fitness. I think I think we could start seeing a few more three back situations, like we did last or Sunday night. Maybe, I think you know would we have two, three more games before the break anyway, and then that's when we come back and the games are coming left and right. So those guys are going to be practically interchanging every other game anyway. Right. Yeah, I think you're going to see a lot more kind of cements themselves once it's kind of more head to head than it is just all right. This is what he's doing now. Jansen hasn't had his chance to respond yet. Yeah. And like you said, the the next couple of games, they're just you know every weekend. You got the game against Toronto on Saturday, then you have the Red Bulls in New York or New Jersey on the May 29th, and then you get two weeks off before you play Toronto again. Then you play San Jose three days later, and then you play Miami three days after that. So very very quick. Successions. Saying Toronto hasn't been that great either. I think they just lost in New York this weekend. So it's kind of one of those things where I don't, 
I don't know that Oscar would want to switch things up going into this match because, I mean, Toronto hasn't been good, but they are still a very talented team. They were one of the preseason favorites in the Eastern Conference, so that kind of... You want to stick with the backline duo that's been, you know, locking it down for you heading into that match and then maybe reevaluate things after going against New York. Um, right. Well, ter- it was actually a 1-1 draw. Uh, Schaffelberg for oh, okay. Toronto uh, pulled back level in the 75th minute or so. Uh, Dom Dwyer actually got his first appearance in a Toronto uniform uh, where he played 21 minutes, had 40% passing accuracy, and committed three fouls. I mean, Toronto has one win, and yet they've still scored more goals than Orlando City this season. So Yeah, it is very weird. Um, funny enough, uh, I actually got to see Toronto... Uh, play Columbus firsthand. I got to work the broadcast for uh, TSN, Toronto Sports Network, and uh, got to uh, hang out with uh, Ted Uncle for the evening, which was interesting. Drunk Uncle. Yeah, he's not a he's not a bad guy, you know. Personally, I I, I won't comment on his refereeing skills because I think that's a bad kind of... guy. No, bad referee. That's more up for debate. Yeah. Didn't uh, Christina Uncle, she became like one of the first women refs like this year in uh, Major League Soccer? Yes. Or was that in championship? She, I mean, she's been refing uh, a number of more high profile games as of late. Um, well, no, because there's been women ARs in MLS before recently, right? Yes. Uh, she's been around, you know, she's she's been refing all levels of, of soccer. Um, yeah. Trying to remember because she 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 was the ref of a Champions League game at one point as well. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Because I feel like she was there was headlines about her recently for her doing something that was kind of unprecedented for a woman referee. Yeah, breaking boundaries and such. Yeah. Um. Anyways, uh, uh, another uh, note on the back line. Uh, Two goals allowed still this whole year that is still tied for the best in MLS along with Seattle. Yeah. Uh, I mean, let me put it to you this way. Orlando City has conceded two goals this season. They have three shutouts. Do you know how many shutouts Orlando City had last year? Two or three. Mm -hmm. A lot. And this was Pedro Galese playing, you know? They weren't. I mean, they didn't give up a lot of goals last year, but they they had a lot of those water. Yeah, you know. One he, goal so Pedro games. Pedro Galese did they give up more than a goal though? Right, Pedro Galese last year. Are we talking? Are we talking like nil nil draws that still count as clean sheets too? Yeah, yeah. There were three, three last oh, that's year. Right. I, I was I was gonna say three, but yeah. yeah. All right. Now that was with Pedro Galese specifically. There were three shutouts. I think Brian Rowe had one, if I'm not mistaken. Sounds possible when Galese was away with Peru, right? He did. Yeah, he had one shutout. So, four total shutouts last year. And Orlando City already has three this year. Through five Speaking games. Speaking of goalkeepers. So, it would have been the 1-0 win last year. Right? Against Montreal. Oh, wait, no. The the 1-0 win, like, what? It, back in July and the MLS is back? tournament yeah no uh, no 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 yeah in november 1st yeah but galese played that no, game no galese played that game so what game would they it was the nil nil atlanta game in atlanta oh okay yeah 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, uh, yeah, speaking of goalkeepers, brand, does anyone think that after today, maybe Brandon Austin is telling uh, Harry Kane how amazing Orlando is? <laughs> I, I don't know if he Orlando has that made... kind of clout for it. <laughs> Harry's just like, who? Who are you? We're, we're absolutely starting the Harry Kane to Orlando City rumors, though. I think mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. tried it with Chicharito. didn't work. Tried it with Zlatan. Life, didn't work. Lifelong mate and best so, friend. Uh, Brandon I mean, Austin where does where does every twenty seven year old English person end up spending at least <laughs> a couple months of their life in? Yeah, a nice cup of tea in Orlando, just getting drunk. Unless Simon, uh, Simon and his wife will show him around, and yeah, does he have kids? I think so. So you know, perfect place to have kids, obviously, Orlando, Disney. Yeah. Uh, duh, of course. Or even more nightmare scenario is that David Beckham and Phil Neville are recruiting him since Disney in that scenario would be just up the road. That's still four hours compared to like 20 minutes because someone like someone like Harry Kane wouldn't fit in well in the city of Miami, though. They probably couldn't. I I mean, listen, they probably couldn't even understand him. Three kids. So I, I think I think he would feel very uncomfortable in Miami. I think he's he's just a very awkward person oh. you know you, you want to come someplace a little more quiet and reserved well here's the thing here's the kicker right he and his partner have two labrador retrievers brady and wilson named after tom brady and russell wilson <laughs> so, amazing okay. so that that's i mean tampa orlando orlando is the closest tom, to yeah, tampa tom does are we starting are we like saying an hour that, and a half away are we saying that the the rowdies should recruit him I, uh, no, I, I mean, vote to ban Austin from the show. <laughs> Remember when we weren't going to fire anybody? We're firing Austin today. Why? For suggesting Tampa Bay Rowdies do anything other than liquidate their club. That's fair. Anyways, um, I want to talk about some other stuff for Orlando City very quickly before we move on to the Pride. The salary dump has happened, finally. Last year, we didn't get any 2020 salary numbers but this year uh, we have finally been able to get uh, the 2020 and 2021 salary numbers and there's not I mean there's not too much that's like surprising I would say before we before we get into this though I do just want to note for the listeners that the Orlando soccer show salary dump will be coming soon we've been promising our tax returns for five years now and they will be coming very soon as soon as the audit is over <laughs> just gotta wait for the audit right all right um i want to talk about the general stuff about orlando city here gavin i know you took a look at some of the the salaries and i want to get your thoughts on uh orlando city's numbers what do you what do you think i thought you were gonna say something first um yeah, I mean, like you said, there's not a whole lot of surprises in there. I think for the first time, we got to look at Mauricio Pereira. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's at $1.8 million. I think he's the 15th highest paid player in Major Leagues. Or, no, 25th highest paid player. Uh, mm-hmm. Nani at 2.4 is the 15th highest paid. Yeah. Um, Alexander Pato, 270000 It's I think- crazy that Vandervater is making more than him, by the way. I think out. it's crazy that Matthias Ayas is on 267 and Alexander Alvarado is on 220 
And then I know it's kind of comparing apples and oranges because of how they came into the league, but then you have Daryl DK um, on 128 and uh, Chris Mueller on 137. So those two players make combined just barely more than two guys that have seen very little playing time in Orlando. So that is very surprising to me. Um, Just when you talk about value, I mean, those are probably two of the best valued players in the league right now. Um, So that's kind of, you know, that, that certainly jumped out at me. Robin Hanson's raise brought him up to over half a million. Yeah. I mean, Antonio Carlos Uh, is very close to a million, by the way. Yeah. 865. but he's worth every penny at this point. A, yeah, I mean, when you consider that they were paying um, uh, Lamine Sané that uh, that practically that amount, and he was half the defender that Antonio Carlos was, mm. that's a massive upgrade in value for Orlando City over the last couple of years at that position. Antonio Carlos is also younger because Lamine Sané is not yeah. playing anywhere right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you're getting Junior Urso at 730, Galese at 410, Janssen at 556, which then goes back to the whole point of, like, you know, how can you keep him on the bench when he's making that much money? Sebas Mendez at 586. Uh, Jean Moutinho at a nice 223. Chris Mueller, 137. Um, let's see. Mauricio Pereira, yeah, we already That's an expensive mentioned. midfield, though, between Yuri Rossell. Who's at 475. Um, Yuri Rossell, Mendez, and then uh, Urso, about, what, 1.7 million? Like, mm. that's. You know, it's a bit. Expensive right there. It's worth it, but Teshwak and Dolly making just barely more than IS is also funny. Right. They still have a DP yeah, slot open, by the way, does Orlando City. Yeah. yeah and they got out. traded for an international slot, too, if memory serves. But yes, they traded an international slot to Orlando. Yeah. To yeah, Toronto. Orlando got. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's right, They because they gave money to Toronto, who they then turned around and signed Kamar Lawrence and Don Pryor. Kyle Smith at 118 is obviously another very underrated. Same thing when you take about uh, Rodrigo Schlegel, 127. Yeah. I mean, those are probably two of the most underrated. Wait. Uh, so, again, best Orlando has a DP slot and an international slot. And Harry Kane now wants to become available. To come join his best friend and lifelong <laughs> mate, Brendan Austin in Orlando? Yes. <laughs> Guys, I want to. Ta- I want you to take Brent. a guess. Who makes Brendan least- Austin, who, by the way, makes 279, yeah. which, I mean, I'm sure is kind of baked into his Tottenham deal. but Right. Guys, who do you think makes the least amount of money for Orlando City? Just take a guess. Me. It's definitely me. I was going to say Austin, but... I mean, I could answer the question, but like Austin, I already... You know, have I've looked at the answers ahead of time. Yes. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, guys, who is it? Who do you think? It's actually a three-way tie. I was going to say, it looks like a tie, and they're both on probably what is the league minimum, I'm it's, it's a three-way tie between three players. It might be a four-way tie because one of the players is actually listed that has signed. So Raul Aguilera, Jordan Bender, and Rio Hope Gund all make $63,547. Uh, I would imagine that, what's it, Derek Dodson, I imagine as, what, a seventh overall pick, ninth overall, he's probably... Makes a lot more. He's probably around Mueller territory. You would think DK territory, maybe not. At, yeah, but he's not he's just not listed on the on the website but at yet. Least over a hundred thousand. Aren't these all base salaries too? Mm. That's not. That's not. This full. is the guaranteed compensation. Well, yeah, there's yeah. base salary, which is the lower one, and then guaranteed, which includes like bonuses and things like mm. that. Right. Well, because I was gonna say, I thought Pato's a lot of Pato's deal like was 
performance based. Like he, they, like the club was not going to take a big, yeah. Like so, was not so, going to do a, a big deal with him. Right. Well, two seventy two seven twenty seven is his base salary, and if he hits certain milestones, he will jump up to a TAM player. Right. But it doesn't seem like he's going to do that this year. So. Yeah. Just given the fact that he had surgery. Yeah. He might be back in a couple weeks, but for right now, don't expect that. Outside of that, the only other real thing I wanted to talk about was Wilfredo Rivera, who has been called up to the Puerto Rican national team for their upcoming uh, qualifiers, well, potential qualifiers for the uh, World Cup. Uh, also on that list is Sidney Rivera, who was drafted by Orlando City uh, back in the day, but never actually played for them. Just interesting to see he's getting the opportunity now. And um, in fact, Oscar mentioned last week that he's keeping in contact with Puerto Rico's head coach, Dave Sarakin, uh, on Wilfredo Rivera's development. So it uh, makes sense that he's getting uh, a call up and uh, pretty good experience for him. Did you say uh, Dave Sarakin is the head coach of Puerto Rico? I did say that. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's today I learned. You go from the U.S. men's national team to Puerto Rico. With a, Well, he had that stop at North Carolina. In yeah, the, yeah. But I'm just I, I'm talking like the, the pinnacle to the where he is now. Yeah, fair. But I mean, if he can, if he can get Puerto Rico qualified for the World Cup somehow, like, good God, that's <laughs> that'd be amazing. Anyways, does P- Puerto Rico FC is is not gone, right a or thing anymore? Stolen? Yeah, that was yeah. the what's his name? It's NASL. Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, that long that long lost legend in the RIP NASL. All right, last thing I want to talk about for Orlando City's sake, because we already mentioned uh, their next game against Toronto. Um, unless there's anything else you guys want to talk about in com- when it comes to Toronto. Odds are odds that Dom plays that game. Hi. One, 100%. Whether he starts or not is, is 50-50. Odds. He 100% plays in that game. Odds that the, the crowd boos him. 100% chance that I call him a bozo uh... from the stance. I think some people in the crowd will boo him because I think people in the crowd are dumb. I don't think he deserves to get booed, but I do think some people will. I think given his recent comment, I think there's probably people who boo him, but I don't. I mean, to I be fair, like, let me let me talk about it this way. Has Dom Dwyer been on a good team outside of Sporting Kansas City? I mean... Well. Because he when he's when play, he says he did play on a team that had a balloon to or winner and a guy who just won uh, the league in Turkey, so yeah, but were they good? <laughs> I would argue that Kaká was once good. Yeah. No, no, not not. I'm not talking about individuals. I'm talking about as a so team. As a team, yeah. No, the team was not good. No. when he was here. So no. like neither was he. But part of that you was could the say team. Dom had part of that reason. Uh, 2017, no, but 2017 Dom was actually <laughs> decent. Yeah, twenty seventeen Dom when he first got here was I was like, oh, we're getting this Dom, and then twenty eighteen rolled around and went, oh no, we're not getting that Dom. Well, no, twenty eighteen Dom was not that bad. It was twenty nineteen Dom that was bad. 
2019 Dom was bad. 2018 Orlando City made everyone bad. Th- yeah. th- that is that is very true. But arguably 28 like the beginning on you by association like you can you can look nice and remember there was a time there where gavin like for i think like three months of the season had scored a goal more recently than don dwyer did in 2018 that was in in 2019 yeah, yeah when the All-Star oh was it 2019 was it, was. it was 2018 but yeah. whatever. Uh, let me put it to you this way i mean the the point still right. stands the, but here's the thing 2017 dom he played 12 games had four goals four assists 2018 Dom in Orlando City played 26 games and had 13 goals. You know, and and it wasn't just like, you know, for like the most of the season he was their only goal scorer in 2018. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. It, I think I think if there was a team to look at, maybe 20 19s yeah, twenty. I mean, twenty nineteen was the beginning of the end for him, realistically, because like twenty seven games, seven goals, four assists. Like that doesn't say, oh, that was horrible. But then you, if you watch the film and say, wow, how many sitters did he miss? That was twenty nineteen. All of twenty nineteen is it set the tone, and then people started hating him. Then twenty twenty, he was out for the season, and people were like, yeah, just go, leave, bye. Yeah, I, I, I think he definitely doesn't deserve. The criticism said it. His comments that were made were not; those weren't public comments, correct? Uh, no, they were. They were. It got reported, right. but it was not. It's not. It's not like he. I thought I was correct, and I didn't know if there was something else he had said that I missed. So it's not like he, you know, he, you know, put up an Instagram story and was like, "This is the best team," you know? right? Yeah, right. It it was very much a as a veteran player coming into a team to help them compete, saying something to fire them up, which. Who knows how how much yeah. he believes that or means it, and how much of that is just he's glad to be on a professional soccer team this year, which he should be glad to be on it. And I don't mean that negatively. I just mean obviously when you didn't get re-signed, you didn't have a job, and you get a job, you get happy, um, which is which is very fair. But I I don't I didn't see anything wrong with what he had said. I think if it had been a public comment, it would have been a little more understandable but even then it wasn't a hey orlando is bad it's just this team here is good yep and so i but which which it's still early yet but from what we've seen so far they're not yes sure i time will tell i think you're right on that but i don't think there was anything malicious or wrong with his comments however i do think obviously obviously we know we know what fans are like in any sport this isn't unique to orlando city and this isn't unique to mls right fans when a player leaves are going to take an opportunity to somebody is going to boo him i don't think it's going to be a lot of people i still think there are a lot of people that really love him for what he did before he came to orlando city in mls so i think there's going to be some you know understanding there his wife still plays for the orlando pride it's not it's not and the bigger thing is he he didn't choose to leave orlando orlando chose to not re-sign him and those are two very different circumstances if he had chosen to leave orlando and it was just a you know justin miram type situation where he's like hey you know fuck you guys then it's very different but this is not what this was and so i there's no reason to be upset with him or boo him or anything like that. However, I do think there there are going to be at least a handful of people that do. And Brad will probably be one of them. No, actually, surprisingly, I won't be. Because uh, I, I think if I look at it at its face, the, the comedy made where it's the most talented team, like, they still do have Josie Altador and, and, and uh, God, why am I Michael Bradley? 
Michael Bradley, yeah. yeah. And Richie Loreo, who's been... Pozuelo is... They've, I mean, it's a team that Pozuelo, paper, Pozuelo's been out, by the way. He hasn't played a game this season. No. So, it's 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 a team that on paper, like, yeah, they should be good. I mean, they did make an MLS Cup, like, fairly recently. So, yeah, they are pretty talented. And, and again, like, we, we broke it down here earlier. Like, the teams that don't play on in Orlando City, like, aside from USL, were not very good. Yeah. So. I mean, now, if, if I'm a Tottenham fan, am I going to be mad when Harry Kane says that Orlando City is the most talented team I've ever played on? Yeah, maybe, but, you know, <laughs> it's comparing different. I think it, I think it also helps that he didn't go to a rival. It's not It's not like he's with yeah. a club that, that yeah. fans hate. Also, he, he, it, yeah, he didn't go to Miami or, or Tampa or something, or even Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. He went to, I think he went to Tampa because they're, they're still here in Orlando. Like, that's probably the most prevailing thing about it. Like, he yeah. didn't leave, like the city like the toronto is still playing here for this year for the time being anyway so who knows like what the future with dom and and toronto might be past this year so this is they signed him they signed him they signed him through 2022 oh all right so that's a commitment that i was not expecting but you know what hey uh (laughs) good for him yeah honestly I, I will, who, knows I, what, who knows when Canada's borders might ba- open up back up? I don't know. Yeah. How, See, how money likely... is nothing to MLSE, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, how how likely is it that he actually plays there through 2022, right? It's pretty, pretty common, especially for veteran players. Again, in any sport, getting signed to longer contracts that they don't quite also, play out. Wasn't, wasn't he out of contract for a while, too, before yeah. Toronto picked him up? So yeah, it's yeah. not like other teams didn't have the opportunity to sign him. Well, he wanted to stay in town. The only reason he signed with Toronto is because they're here. That's like one of the right. main reasons that they. Yeah, signed I find him. it. I find it hard to believe that no other teams were offering him a contract. He I, wanted to stay around I, his family. Right. He he is a serviceable player. It's not like he's completely washed. You don't want him on your team. I think I think he is someone who can contribute. I think Orlando had a clear vision and direction that they want to continue to go in that they didn't quite feel like they needed someone that that plays you know his role of kind of being being a backup who can come on and contribute. Because they felt like there were better options and younger options, which is which is fine, uh, and I'm not saying that's wrong. So I think, but there absolutely had to have been other teams that were looking at him, with the exception of like I'm sure FC Cincinnati wasn't because they wouldn't look for players right, right. that would help contribute to their team. All right, last thing I want to say about Dom before we move on to the pride, general statistics for his legacy: he is eighth all time in appearances with seventy. Uh, this is just MLS, by the way. I'll I'll tell you what he is just overall with USL and MLS combined. Uh, he is the third highest goal scorer in Orlando City history, currently tied with Nani with 24 goals. So Nani, next goal that he scores will overtake uh, Dom Dwyer for third most all time. Uh, and Nani has done that in seven less games than Dom Dwyer did. Uh, but also Nani added 18 assists. Also Nani, not a striker. Yes, uh, I will mention that. Also, Nani has 18 assists while Dom Dwyer had nine. In the grand scheme of things, though, Dom Dwyer is 10th all-time in appearances, and he is the leader in goals scored through his entire career. So 87 appearances, 46 goals through USL and MLS. The only buddy, The only other person that is close to him that is currently still playing is Nani at 24. Uh, so that 46 goals may stand for quite a while. 
Yeah, USO. Till Harry Kane gets here. Uh, You never know. You never (laughs) know. All right. On to the Orlando Pride, who opened up their season against the Washington Spirit, a team that they beat. Harry Kane going to come to Orlando and work at Universal. (laughs) Just work in the Harry Potter section. Harry Kane. I mean, Harry working at Harry Potter. Sure. Yeah, that fits. Anyways, Orlando Pride. Draw. Against the Washington Spirit this time out after winning against them uh, in the Challenge Cup. It was kind of more the same, but also not. Like the yeah, defense. Instead of conceding a goal late, you now scored a goal late. So that's a switch. There is that, but also watching that game, like they, they, they seem to just play better. Like, yeah, they, they, they had like little mistakes and they couldn't finish off their chances, which, like, yeah, you. you kind of expect that from this team right now but there were some moments and, and some passages of play I was really impressed with and I said you know this it's the first game of the season like you don't I'm not going to judge them by this one game but I, I liked what I saw and I think they can build off of it the question is how long will they actually be able to build off of it until half their team leaves for the Olympics that's the biggest worry right now especially with Alex Morgan who was your goal scorer today or Sunday, she scored her first NWSL goal in 996 days, uh, having not really played all of uh, the 2019 season because of the World Cup, uh, and then she was out with pregnancy and injury throughout all of, most of 2019 after she came back, so she really didn't get too much opportunity to play in 2019, which means her last goal came in October of 2018. Uh, so it's been quite a while since Alex Morgan has scored in the NWSL, but she was very happy after the game and talked about how it was just a, a very good moment for her to be able to score. It was a pretty cheeky goal, too. She did was, chip yeah. the keeper. Yeah, and she chipped the keeper, and that ball just kind of dribbled right in. Yeah, and I want to give a shout-out to Phoebe McLernan, the center back who pinged that ball over top for Alex. I was really impressed with Phoebe McLernan because, like, if you go back and look at center backs for the Orlando Pride, that's usually been their biggest weak point. And her with Allie Krieger uh, really shut down a lot of Washington's chances. Not only that, but Phoebe is really confident on the ball. And she, at at many times, just kind of started taking steps forward into the midfield, waited till someone started actually attacking her and then made a decision but I asked her after the game you know just her confidence level and she's she kind of said I'm a very selfish person I'd like to be the one that makes the mistake and be able to recover rather than somebody else make the mistake so I want it to be on me than somebody else so she she's confident in her own abilities and her ability to make up for her mistakes if she makes them Um, and you kind of like you really like to see that in a player especially in a center back um, who isn't worried about oh, should I make this pass or should I make this pass? You know, what happens if this, what happens if that? She worries about that after the fact. You know, she's she's looking for more attacking style play. She wants to build into the offense. She wants to help her team score goals rather than just defend them. So that's that's a nice sight to see from a rookie center back, essentially. Yeah, and McLaren had a great game. I thought Cindy LaRue had another great game as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the she looked like again it's early on she looked like she was probably going to score and that was it's it's been really good to see her back in form like 
playing at the level that you know we we kind of hoped that she would when when she got here we hadn't we hadn't really seen that from her but now that i really feel like she's starting to to sort of get in the form and, and really start to to really find her her footing this season um alex morgan i think it was only really a matter of time before she scored and it just so happened to be the home opener um so that was good um yeah i think it was a pretty solid overall performance really from the pride mm-hmm. um you know uh again them not really playing much last year uh this is still them finding their way as a team so um really you're probably not going to really get an idea of who they are probably i'd say until halfway through the season maybe and this is still technically the first game of the season so i guess orlando city drawing on opening day well orlando pride orlando city drawing on opening day i don't i don't really know what else we probably could have realistically expected this this is absolutely fair now uh that is alex morgan's 19th goal in a pride uniform uh it was her 57th appearance in all competitions, she's played 54 in league, one in playoffs, and two in the Challenge Cup. Uh, 19 goals, eight assists, second on the team all time behind Marta, who in 64 games that she has played for the team has scored 23 goals and 11 assists. Uh, fun fact, also, Marta leads the team in all-time red cards with two. Yeah, uh, and I think one of them was just kind of like a joke red card, where we all kind of yeah. like went, oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> uh, I want to ask a question here for you guys. Who, out of all active players, is the second highest goal scorer for the Pride all time? It should be pretty straightforward. Is it actually, Jasmine Spencer. She's not active. I'm talking about active on this team right now. Should be pretty easy, guys. Should you said should be pretty? Yeah, easy. I, I I can't believe I can't believe you guys don't know this. This is ridiculous. I'm not going to answer it for you. <laughs> I want you guys Brad, you literally just said her name a minute oh, ago. similar. Yeah. She has uh, scored eight goals with two assists in 31 games played for the Pride. See, the, um, the active thing is what throws me off because I'm like active, active. And it, it kind of like forces my brain to like yeah. go in a different way. Right. Sydney LaRue, seventh all-time in, in amount of goals scored. Uh, goals scored. Uh, funny enough, Marissa Vigiano and Tony Presley are the next two in the list. Well, I that does kind of the, the math does kind of change here because the, they weren't a lot of the attacking players that they that we used to have are, are no longer with the team. So. Right. Uh such as so like if you go by just top five, it's Mar- Bogu, Rachel Hill, Kristen Edmonds. Edmonds. You you Alana nailed it Kennedy. right on the head. Yep. And then Sydney the Ring. Camila players that players that we probably would have otherwise thought like oh that those these are players that we would usually use for an attack yeah they're just not there anymore all right anything else we want to mention on the pride uh their next game uh upcoming it's um in Cary, north carolina against north carolina courage who had a draw in their opening game just an uh, again another nil nil result uh, the, fir- the first couple games for NWSL this season have been kind of snooze fests, except for, of course, Portland, who dropped five goals on the Chicago Red Stars. Every other game has either been a nil-nil or one-nil game, and then a one-one game. And that one was kind of a 
surprised really. I mean, I knew Portland was good, but I didn't think Chicago was that bad. Right. They weren't that bad last year, but I, I don't know. They're just not. I mean, especially when, I mean, when you, I don't, Mal Pugh played 73 minutes. Yeah, I mean, you have Julie Ert, like Killia Wire. Like, I don't, I don't understand, like, what happened there. I didn't watch this game. Rachel Hill also played. But it looks like, but I'm just looking at these, I'm looking, Rachel Hill came in at the 29th minute, which tells me something did not go right. Uh, well, they, they for... conceded three goals within the first 20 minutes. Yep, so that explains it. Yeah. Um... <laughs> <laughs> that That's exactly all you need to know. They they were yeah. down 3 nothing by the 16th minute. And then Sophia Smith scored her her second goal to make it four nothing in the thirtieth. Yeah, and you and Davidson, one of the Red Stars center backs, had an own goal in the fourth minute. So yeah, that'll uh, that'll do it. That will do yeah. it. Yeah. But anyways, that's not, uh, for, that's for not the day you want, right? For the Orlando Pride specifically, though, against the North Carolina Courage, they just played them a couple weeks ago to a nil nil result in North Carolina. So they're pretty familiar with the courage at this point. And I expect it to be a competitive game. It's not like the courage of old. They're definitely not like they used to be. They're not as dominant. In fact, Portland probably took that title back from North Carolina now. Uh, At least for this year, because I don't know if you guys heard the news about Portland's head coach at all. Uh, No. There was a report that Mark Parsons will be leaving the team at the end of the season. It's, he said that he wasn't, but according to The Athletic, he'll be leaving the, after the 2021 season to become the head coach of the Netherlands national team for the women's side. Yeah, Netherlands national team also has a lot of players who are up and coming right now. Yeah. So. Uh, Vivian Medina is very scary good. Yes. Daniel Van de Donk, who is the mayor of New Donk City, uh, as I like to refer to her as. I mean, when you think about it, they're both brunettes. Um, I'm sure Danielle would look great in a big uh, floppy red hat. <laughs> um, I've never heard her sing, but I'm, I'm, I, I assume she's she can carry a tune. For those that don't know the reference, we're talking about Super Mario Odyssey. Yeah. And which uh, you do a lot of working with the mayor of New Dog City in Super Mario Odyssey. This is so. true. This is very true. And Arsenal, Arsenal, a player named Daniel Vandendonk, who is a Netherlands international player. This is also true. All right. Um, last thing I want to mention about the Orlando Pride, Ali uh, Riley missed the most recent game with a bit of a knock, uh, as did Jade Moore, two fairly important players uh, defensively and in the midfield. Jade Moore has been very... Uh, important for this team, but I want to talk about uh, Maggie Doherty Howard, uh, who stepped up in the midfield and was very, very good. Uh, Very impressed with uh, how she played and and kind of was able to distribute in the midfield. And then also in the back line for Orlando, Courtney Peterson, who, by the way, Courtney Peterson and Phoebe McLernan, they know each other very, very well, mainly because they went to Virginia together. So makes sense that they were very comfortable playing with each other in the back line there this past weekend. So uh, with that, we'll see how it all plays out next week. Jade Moore and Ali Riley could be back by then. And then you have your your f- almost full complement of players 
Erica Timrak is still carrying a bit of a knock, and she'll be out for a little bit longer. But we will we will see how things play out. But it's a long season, so very excited to see how it all plays out. Now, last couple things I wanted to talk about before we call it a show. The Orlando City Academy 23s were scheduled to play against Jacksonville FC. From what I understand, that game did not happen, and there is no report of it actually being canceled or anything. So, you know, welcome to UPSL, where nothing gets reported. Uh, But they have three games left on their schedule. They play Atletico Orlando on Wednesday, this upcoming Wednesday, at Osceola Heritage Park. Can anyone actually confirm if any sports are actually played in Jacksonville? Gavin? Um... The Jumbo Shrimp are back, as are the Iceman. Mm-hmm. Also, one Timothy uh, Tebow will be returning to play sports oh, in the city of Jacksonville. Yeah. Did you see that uh, Urban Meyer quote? It was like, uh, his tenacity is like something I've never seen before. And then someone quote tweeted and he's was just, like, he's wow, just, he's it makes, just, his, he, makes how bad he is at football even more embarrassing. Well, he's not... Okay, he's not bad at football. I say this as a Steelers fan who got beat by him. It's embarrassing. Not a great quarterback. He's very athletic. So is there a possibility that he might be able to contribute? Sure. I, I think it's it's dumb, whatever. We won't get into that. But it's he just has the white kind of skill set, you know, that they need. He's really got the white mentality, the white background, <laughs> just just really just the white fit for Jacksonville and for Urban Myers. Gavin, it's really a shame that you are moving out of the state because the Jumbo Shrimp are getting a license plate. I'm going to have to carry my Jumbo Shrimp Magnet with pride up there up north. Because I've become a Flying Squirrels fan. Fun. Flying Squirrels land pretty creatures good. To s- yeah. Sea creatures to I'll, land. Sea I'll, creatures. Take, I'll take do you have a Do you have a Shrimp and Easy shirt? Unfortunately, I do not yet. Um, I, I do plan on... They took it off the store for a while. I think it only recently came back in within like the last six months. Yeah. Um, but like after that initial launch, it was gone for quite some time and I wasn't able that to That is get quite to a shame. I do. I we'll we'll have to we'll have to coordinate a, a jumbo shrimp game because I, I do want to go to one. I have I have my my Miami Vice night hat. Mm. They they have a new one for this year that I have to get. It's like pink and oh. teal. Looks like yeah, yeah. The one I have is the teal top, pink brim, and this year it's pink top, teal brim. I saw the Jacksonville Expos, which still cool. just feels wrong on several levels. Yeah, yeah. Just, no, they've got a. None of that. Yeah, quite a bit. I have my uh, Jacksonville Beach Seagulls throwback out, though. That's a nice one. Well, anyways, uh, we've got a few things to just kind of tidy up, and then we get into our weird news and red cards, per the usual. The NPSL's Central Florida Soccer Club Panthers, coached by one Tom Traxler, assisted by BTLO Jean-Jacques and Louis Neal, both who have played for Orlando City at different levels, and their captain, Will Johnson, obviously played for Orlando City, from 2017 to 2019, uh, won 6-0 in their home opener against Storm FC. Uh, Will Johnson did something that nobody expected. He scored a goal from 40 yards out off a volley. And I was there. And I couldn't believe that he did that. Kind of wild. He had a brace in the game, scored a penalty early on, and uh, it was kind of a snooze fest for the first half, to be honest. And then all the goals started coming out. Um, a lot of local players on that team from 
not only uh, Jacksonville, but from Stetson, from uh, West Florida, from uh, UCF, from I think USF, uh, a number of schools in and around Florida, as well as a few outside of Florida. Uh, but they're just playing their their ten game season out uh, to get some games in against some some decent enough competition. Hope that young upcomer um, finds a, finds on with the team somewhere. It sounds like he has a great future ahead of him. Who's that? Uh, that that Will Johnson character you're talking about, who scored a goal from forty yards out. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Definitely a uh, a bright future, um, but yeah, uh, it was it was fun uh, with the game. A number of people that people uh, you know folks would recognize from Orlando soccer throughout the years, going from USL into MLS. Adam Grinwis was there to support his buddy Will Johnson. He's uh, he's doing good. He's still training with Orlando City uh, as of right now, just to get some fitness as he comes back from injury. So. Uh, that's it for the Panthers. Kyle Laren, speaking of former Orlando City players, with Besiktas won the Turkish Super League by goal differential. Not only did he do that, but Kyle Laren also was the, one of the top goal scorers in the league, which is incredibly impressive. Um. You know, again, to go from where he was in Orlando to then getting loaned from Besiktas back to Besiktas and then becoming the second top goal scorer in the league with 19 goals in 37 games, that that's impressive. It's very impressive. And now Premier League teams are calling for him. Yeah, I mean, if somebody so much as sniffs time in MLS and goes to one of the big leagues, you know, his every move is documented. I mean, Christian Pulisic isn't even... From Major League Soccer, I mean, he's obviously on the national team, but, you know, everything he does is documented. And all these guys, Miguel Amarone, you know, it's always a thing when he does something. But, like, Kyle Aaron came up through the American college system. I mean, all the, albeit he was only at UConn for, what, like a year or two. Um, burst onto the scene and was, you know, propelled to this position through Orlando City. And he's gone on to do, to have, you know, a slow build, but he's become a very good player in Europe. And just no one's talking about it. It is kind of remarkable what he's been able to accomplish. You know, obviously, if the exit from Orlando City was a little bit nicer, I'm sure maybe you know, from a club perspective, they would be a little bit more celebratorious of him. But, you know, at least in his in his own way, he's done great things over there. Never forget a number nine of respect. Number nine of respect. I mean, yep, he's become that. Never forget. Um, I, think, I think a lot of it, is I mean it's it's Besiktas right like no one really pays that much attention to Turkish leagues like it's it's not it's definitely like on a level I think internationally its perception is above that of MLS but when you look at the the players who go over there it's it's all EPL players who are in a similar position as EPL players who come to MLS so I think because they're I think they're a, because they're a UEFA league there's there's a perception of them having a higher quality than that of it being over here which i mean maybe i mean i i i really i i don't think there's any real merit to it not being at least at least mls being close to what a team over there is doing but 
I think I think it it's that it's that thing where like when a player goes to the EPL suddenly like their value goes up like three four times. It's it's being in UEFA where you're playing where you get you know you'll be in Champions League that you get to face those teams, but you're also like going into a group stage and no one expects you to advance out of it. Like yeah, yeah you get to go there, but no one I no one has it's... any real expectations for you. I think it's just one of those things too, at least from my perspective, like Turkey, you know, just being kind of what it is on like a geopolitical level, just, just like one of those countries that I don't personally invest too much time into, you know, but yeah, I mean, like I said, guess what I'm saying is Kyle a... Laren, do it, do it in a real league, do it in a real. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's my take. Cause I, I, I don't think the Turkish league is, is on the same level as MLS. Do you think it's worse? I think, I think there are, yeah, I think anytime absolutely. you're in a league that ha- that is Champions League level, I mean, that's not to say that yeah, it's but the, that's one but of the, the best the, leagues because in the world. Me- but there's because they're a UEFA member right. league that they they get to go right. to, to UEFA's yeah. Champions League. Like, yeah, I mean, they get to go it has there. Nothing to do with whether they're actually and good. then they just... and then they'll get immediately dumped on by Bayern Munich and the Barcelona's of the world. Like, yeah, I yeah, mean, it is go it's, there. It's yeah, kind of like good job. The... you get to show up, but. Costa Rican and the Honduras leagues to CONCACAF. I mean, there are formidable teams. I mean, it's not to say Besiktas isn't a good team, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, if you're comparing, you know, the the Costa Rican league to MLS, it's obviously like comparing the Turkish league to the EPL. You know, it's not. I mean, they're they're good leagues in their yeah, own I, right, I, I, but not I, I, on MLS a, five a years scale. ago. MLS five years ago may be more comparable to smaller leagues in Europe. MLS now, I think, is on that level where it's 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 just probably one and a half tiers below the top leagues like it's obviously not competing with the premier leagues or the bundesliga or syria or La liga or anything like that but there is enough talent that it is comparable to you look at the way that those leagues look at like the dutch league or even the english championship and things like that where they those those top clubs from the top leagues are looking at the best players in a handful of leagues, right? So, so you know, Tottenham when they go to replace Harry Kane this year aren't going to go looking to Turkey to find the replacement, most likely, unless there's some otherworldly talent right there playing. So they're going to they're going to look at a small handful of leagues, and I think MLS has gotten to the point where they they're reaching that level. I mean, look it's at no longer like a joke league. Look at the look at the career of Orlando City legend. And why we haven't put a statue of him in front of the stadium already, Adrian Vinter. And you look at his post-Orlando City career, he got to play in Champions League, didn't he? Yeah, yeah I think I, I think the, the, the benefit of, with guys like Kyle Lahren going over to Turkey, and, and even like you said, Brendan Aronson went to RB Salzburg, which obviously being a part of the Red Bull family, it's it's a little bit different. And, and I'm sure he'll end up with Leipzig next year. I would be shocked if he doesn't follow Jesse Marsh over there. But it's it's this kind of like... They're they're playing in leagues that aren't really much different. Remind me again, than MLS. Where does where does Zach Steffen play? Manchester Manchester City. City? Oh, that's, and, that's and what I was about they, to get to. And and what are they? What are they? Do they have any notable games coming up? What about what happened with Jack Do Harrison, you know? who was at New York City FC? So you you see guys like Zach Steffen's a good example where coming from MLS, going over there, spent some time playing over in Germany, and now. He's he's the the cup goalkeeper for for Manchester City, right? Those are those are like the good moves. Things like going to to you know the Turkish league. That's a stepping stone move. 
And, and I think it's it's a lateral in terms of the skill level. The thing that's different and the thing that makes it like a bigger deal is just that you have the opportunity to play in Champions League or Europa League where those bigger teams are going to see you and they're going to actually get to go up against you and scout you against their own talent or comparable talent instead of just scouting you against what you normally play against. I think that's that's the upside for players going to things like that. But I don't think I – mean, you're right, Brad. Do it in a better league. Well, he, do, he, do he, again, stage. he may have an opportunity if a team comes to call in for him after this season. So we will we will wait and see with bated breath to where Kyle and that's not to say, go. And that's not to say I don't think he, he's of that talent where he can't perform at that, at that high of a level. I mean, God, uh, doesn't Orlando City have a player currently playing in a, in a very – high profile league right now who's playing very well like it's not it's not to say he can't do it it's just to say like no no i, I, know, I doesn't I, seem like doesn't seem like it's all that different really right but we'll see we'll see how it ends yeah what, what what dk is doing is definitely significantly more impressive to me than what kyle laren has done and i don't i don't mean that as a knock on laren i just think it's a it's a different level yeah yeah like we've we've seen that from kyle laren before like he has it does he still does he not still have the rookie goal scoring record in MLS? Sure does. So I mean, it's also it's also partially different because the Turkish league only has like three good teams. Yeah. Whereas you wouldn't say that about the championship. You wouldn't say that there's only three good teams in the second tier of of English soccer, nope. right? Yeah. And Barnsley was not one of those good teams when he they, went there. Yeah, he they were not a playoff team when he went to. Barnsley like yeah. he's been scoring goals 12. for them yeah and but you see the difference in how as, they've been playing since well, he arrived it, right it's like Orlando soccer journal writer Gavin Eubank put it <laughs> Barnsley were a joke before Daryl DK came in they had no chance of being any good and he has single-handedly saved their club uh yeah, yeah. I, I do believe I said those exact same words I was read. I was I was quoting before your, your before Daryl DK there was no Barnsley it didn't even exist. It was it was a figment of their imagination, and he created it and made it a real thing. Might as well have been Rexham for all we care. <laughs> <laughs> we we got to wrap up here. We talked about Kyle Aaron. We talked about Dale DK a little bit. I want to talk about another striker who used to play for Orlando City, and that is Dennis Chin. He announced his retirement just this past weekend and uh, called it a career. He's now moving into uh, some very exciting things. I, I got to talk to him a little bit about what he's what he's up to, and um, uh, he's not ready to to go public with it yet. Um, but hopefully, we can get him on the show to to have him talk about it uh, in person with us, because uh, he he definitely has got some things going, and um, he's if, uh, he's working with some people and some names that you may recognize. Instant way for the Will family to ingratiate themselves to the Orlando community. Dennis Chin statue in front of the stadium. <laughs> Do they even have room for any statues in front of the stadium? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They do. I think an Adrian Heath statue would be the first one. Mm. Say my, my desktop background is a picture of Orlando from like the entrance uh, like where the den is and everything and there's there's decent room on the sidewalk there there's some the there's some decent room for it you can also do it on the concourse when you first walk in mm-hmm. uh, you can do it 
in the you could probably fit something on the west club side too. slash staff parking lot area yeah. over there. Yeah, like there, there's, there's, there's a multitude. No, there is a multitude of places, and we there's, can. There's places they, where you could could put a, a statue. Yeah. They still plan on like. Find doing something with that big field next to the stadium right like are they gonna pave that well that's a little tricky because the the land is like it's still like toxic yeah i was gonna say isn't it like uh like radioactive or something Mm, yeah yeah something along those lines it's just what the government wants you to think but yeah no i mean dennis jen had a great career and he's definitely a uh, beloved local figure in the Orlando City community. Yeah. Also, uh, congrats. congrats to him on uh, getting his degree. He uh, actually never finished his de- uh, schooling at Rollins. He left early to go play for Orlando City, never finished out his degree, and just uh, about a week or two ago finished it up and uh, was able to graduate. So congrats to him for uh, getting his degree from Rollins. And with that, we're going to wrap up our show. Weird news, red cards. Gentlemen, Give me your weirdest, best news of the week. Don't all jump at once. I don't know that I have any weird news this week. I've been looking. Oh, I do. Everyone oh, has do. weird news. Oh, I've got you. All right. Fungus full of psychedelic drugs could cause Indiana brood X cicadas butts to fall off. <laughs> and this... this Shout out to the South Bend Tribune, because this is a great lead for the article. It sounds like a twisted mix of Invasion of the Body Snatchers and a Grateful Dead show, but John Lill promises that it's all too real. This month, as billions of brood X cicadas emerge from the dirt in Indiana and more than a dozen other states for the first time in 17 years, some of the bugs will suffer a horrific science fiction-like fate. There's no delicate way to do this, so here's the gist. And then I'm going to paraphrase the rest of this because it's a lot of reading. But is a chemical, a fungus with the same chemical as psychedelic mushrooms is going to invade their bodies, eat away their insides till their abdomens crack, fall off, and get replaced with a ball of white spores. So their butts are going to fall off. Uh, oh, but this is great. Because they're either bombed on uh, psilocybin or under the control of the fungus in some other way, the cicadas won't even notice. With missing butts and full hearts, they'll forge ahead with their only reason for existing, finding a mate and reproducing. <laughs> of course, that last part will be impossible with half their body rotted away. This is this is a, a work of journalism art. It's a sexually transmitted fungus. Oh, this is... The more I read, the better this gets. Sure. This is... This is... All right, you guys ready for 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 mine here? Sure. Yeah, if you can top if you can top butts falling off of bugs, I can't of top it. It's just it's poignant soccer related news. Oh, that's lame. Yeah, I know. Um, so this is actually out of China's second division. A man who bought a club, Zibo Kuju, is the name of the club. He used his financial backing to force the coach to put his son in the lineup. Right on. His son weighs 126 kilograms. Oh. In English? I'm going to need that. That's 277 pounds. <laughs> yeah, so? We trying to fat shame here? I'm not. I'm just saying that he's not 
he's not a it, soccer player. Is this like is this like my I mean it's it's not baseball. So my have you do you guys know what like my plan for like revolutionizing baseball is? I'm I'm scared. Go ahead. It is a as a player who is designated to be hit by pitches. Respect <laughs> oh, that. that no, it's like but it's like there was that there was that old quarterback for what was it, Kentucky that was like super big. Yeah, he passed away, so yeah, there's well, that. Yeah, I, I wasn't making fun of him. I'm just saying that the idea of large people playing sports and being Jared Lawrence Redneck of. Rifle. Yeah. <laughs> um so in baseball, if you had a player who was like who could stand in the batter's box but was like so big that he covered the plate theoretically the strike zone just wouldn't exist so then you could like just have him be designated this is a storyline for modern family it's not a is modern it? family storyline yeah oh, they uh they put sucks. uh have you seen modern family no literally okay, well, never. like the um i don't know like if you know like any of the cast members but like the little uh like dark skin kid he was like very very chunky very chubby kid it was like a storyline uh, was that he played baseball and he would stand in the box and get hit and then they would score runs oh by the way i would that, like to i would like speak. to point out that apparently the the owner said that his son must participate in games within all 90 minutes and if he doesn't there would be fines and uh in five games that this team has played uh they are oh one and four and bottom of the league so congrats to Chris Kokalis for purchasing a Chinese league. <laughs> there is a uh, a similar storyline for anyone that follows uh, Formula One right now. There's a driver um, who is uh, a Russian born. He's like his father is like a uh, some Russian oligarch, you know, billionaire, or whatever, and like paid his way for his son to get a seat. And this guy is just terrible. Like he wrecks every race. Everyone hates him. Not a good driver at all, but he's in like the best racing league in the world. For for America's team, no less, unfortunately. Hmm. So, yeah, shame. Oh, anyways, uh, I've, I've, got, a, I've anyway, got a pretty good one. Go for it. The headline here is mammals can breathe through anus in emergencies. Japanese study finds. <laughs> okay. Uh, Mice, rats, and pigs all share a secret superpower. They can all use their intestines to breathe. And scientists discover this by pumping oxygen up their butts. Um, why such experiments, you ask? The research team wanted to find a, a potential alternative to mechanical ventilation. Um, uh, it's this last hellscape of a year. It's probably all taught us what uh, ventilation is. Um, ventilators deliver oxygen to the lungs to help remove carbon dioxide from the blood, but machines aren't always available. Um, so, in what has sort of like necessity being the mother of invention, scientists really just looking for alternative ways to um, help people breathe when they're like not able to. And so they found out that, yeah, mammals can breathe through their butts. I would just like to point out do not test this theory by injecting oxygen into your anus. I'm not saying this is from personal experience but it will not end well. Well, there's that whole thing about like colonics, right? Like where if you like, you can basically just get like a, you can get rid of like a bunch of impacted feces, like where Elvis died with like 40 pounds of like poop in his colon. <laughs> and so like, that's probably what killed him. So maybe, I don't know, look into maybe an air colonic, I guess. I know there's a lot of people who get like coffee enemas and stuff. 
Uh, all right, Gavin, do you need it? Do you have anything or no? Boofing is also a popular I don't. way of getting drunk. <laughs> oh, no. Let's let's not go there. Please. It's going to be for next week's next week's The Orlando Soccer Show, After Dark. Flash forward no. to the game against Toronto where someone gets kicked out because of butt chugging. <laughs> oh, God. Could you imagine a more Florida headline? Please. Can we just talk about red cards? <laughs> I don't. Fan ejected Orlando for- podcaster ejected from stadium after butt chugging. Club All right, which one of us? Which which one of us is taking one for the team? Yes. No, I mean, no. it's Gavin's last game, so that sounds like it's a that's a way to go, go out, out right there. Yeah. Oh, you want to kick me out? Well, jokes on you. I was never coming back. All right, guys, we got to end the show. Is there any red cards, please? Uh, yeah, I, just Lion Nation still being shit and not letting me watch games, and ESPN for blacking out games on ESPN Plus that I pay for. It's it. It's just irritating. I hate having to watch the game the next morning when I could watch it at night when it happens. Brad? Um, yeah, I got one for uh, Apple's podcast app on their iPhone. Um, I recently got back into listening to The Adventure Zone, the McElroy's D&D podcast, um, and for whatever reason, it it goes to it basically plays podcasts from like newest to oldest, so that when in in episodic shows like that where there's like a new episode every week, it kind of plays it in reverse order, so that you're getting basically like the end of the story, and then after you finish it, it goes to like the episode before that, so that way you kind of have to create a playlist where you're just constantly adding the episode like to the to the end of the order instead of it playing like the next oldest one okay i see i see what you're saying so if you started like two episodes back it's just gonna keep yeah so if you start at like so instead of starting at like if you listen to episode one it's then gonna go to the last episode of the previous season rather than episode two of the season you're currently listening to Mm-hmm. So it's it, it's kind of annoying where it just goes in like that reverse. And there's no like way to change it. Yeah, you kind of have to manually go through there and sort of make a, like, go ahead and select, like, for what I do, select, like, the next five, basically, and just say, play this one last, and then go to the next one, play this one last, and then play this one last. Yeah, that's annoying. I can see how yeah. it's been that that It's way. kind of annoying. Yeah. But I, but I have been listening, but I have been enjoying... Um, the Adventure Zone and Dimension 20 and shows like that. So it's pretty fun. Gavin, do you have a red card for this week? Uh, I think I'm good. Okay. Unless anything else needs to be said, I think we'll call it a day. I can I can I can have a red card for Gavin. Publix the Publix by me stopped carrying the A2 uh, creamer for whatever reason, and that's been really annoying. That's weird. E2 creamer. Yeah, it's like a specific coffee creamer. Um, well, if you just go to the front desk and ask them to put in a special order, they'll bring it back for you. Being that it's that an item that Publix like, that just seems like used work. to carry. Now, if they stopped carrying it because the manufacturer stopped making it, then that's a different issue. No, no, no. I mean, I've, I found it at Sprouts, so that's why I just go to get that creamer now. But it was just easier because Publix was closer to me. But now I have to go to Sprouts for it. Yeah. So Sprouts isn't a bad place to go. Very sorry. No, it's not. I'll reach out to the appropriate teams and get this right. Thanks. Wrong right. Thanks.
All right, gentlemen, it has been fun as always to talk about soccer with you. We will do this again next week. We will all be at the game on Saturday against Toronto. Looking forward to it. Uh, but until then, for Gavin Eubank, Brad Newton, Kyle Foley, and myself, Austin David, thanks again for tuning in to another edition of the Orlando Soccer Show. Be sure to subscribe if you're not already. Be sure to follow us if you don't already. And we'll see you next time. You're dirty brown water trash. And you're always going to be dirty brown water trash. <laughs>